Native American Heritage Month is really important for for Native communities and for tribes and individual nations to educate people about who they are. Seven twenty WGN high atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio for the Preparedness Matters podcast with Vince Davis and Dane Neal. And Vince, we've got a great guest on the show for today. Absolutely, Dane. We're excited to have uh, Solo Green. Solo is an education specialist at the Nez Pierce Tribe and Education Management Consultant. For the last several decades, he's been doing work in Native communities throughout the country. And Solo, we're, we're absolutely glad to have you on our show this morning and glad to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you. It's, it's good to be here. You know, it's a exciting time in history, I guess, just to be here today and be able to share, explain about who we are, what we're doing. And I think the most important thing is where we're going. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So Solo, tell us a little bit about, first of all, your work in education. Uh, tell us about the Nez Pierce experience and just in general the, the work that you do every day in education. You and I have been connected uh, via LinkedIn and other formats for several years, and you're always positive, always upbeat, uh, always giving a good and positive message out. But talk to us about your work and what you've been doing to educate young people in indigenous communities throughout the country. Yeah, my name is, uh, again, my name is Solo Green. I'm a Nez Perce tribal member. I belong to the Nez Perce Nation. We're located in North Central Idaho. And personally, I've known I wanted to go into education, and I knew I wanted to coach since I was nine years old. So all of my education has been directed towards education, towards coaching. So all the way through my education process, I really was interested in the health field with psychology, but also education and coaching. So that's pretty much a lot of my background is within education, health, and psychology, because I also coach as well. And, you know, with with that being said, you know, my position here with the Nespers Tribe is an education specialist, and we develop programs and projects on our reservation and in for the public school here that is on our reservation in our community, as well as the different school districts on or near the Nespers Indian Reservation. And so we develop curriculum, develop programs and projects to really gain the interest in the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is we're so rich in natural resources here in North Central Idaho and throughout the Northwest that we need more of our students and more of our people to go into the STEM field so we could do a better job at taking care of the resources that we have. So, Solo, tell me this, because I, I'm aware just from my work in Native communities, which is around disasters, that some of the challenges that face uh, tribal communities are the lack of, for example, internet access. Less than 10% of Native tribal lands have, have access to, to broadband. How does that impact your ability to educate Native children and what are some of the other challenges that Native children face that maybe some others don't face in terms of just getting an education, just graduating from, from high school and, and getting to secondary levels of education? Well, I think um, with the recent pandemic, I think that really put Native communities and reservations on the map 
as far as education is concerned, while even health and all the basic things that we think of, like electricity, internet, Wi-Fi, everything else that is connected to technology or a better way of life with the pandemic, I think it really showed where Native communities and some reservations are really at as far as development. As you mentioned, there were a lot of households on the reservations that didn't have internet access, didn't have computers, didn't have laptops. So a lot of the education process for Native students was really in a decline and decrease because we didn't have access to to the internet, to computers, laptops, or even a way to communicate with the school district or the teachers to log in to, to receive their instruction, not just laptops and Wi-Fi, but also even cell service for your, for your mobile phones. And I think the United States has taken that for granted of where our Indian nations really are developmentally you know i think of the navajo reservation i think of some other reservations in canada and alaska where some of them don't even have electricity yet and we're in 2022 and some of it could be by choice because they're living so far out there but at the same time when it comes to emergency management when it comes to emergencies in general whether it be natural disaster or, or health or physical or whatever it may be, you know, a lot of times those people out there, you know, they're going to be in a really emergency situation with no help. And so I think with the, the recent pandemic, it really shined a light on some of those issues as far as education is concerned. And, you know, Native Americans, according to a lot of the statistics and data that's being mentioned or that's being sent out there, we're behind anyway. And the pandemic and with the lack of resources, that doesn't help. And so we've really had to um, be creative. And I know the, the gentleman earlier talked about adaptability and creativity of, of Native communities. And, you know, we've always been adaptive. We've always been creative. And we always find ways to, to try to make it. And I think that's one big reason why we're still here today is because we're able to adapt. We're able to be creative and come up with ways of whether it's education, whether it's health or whatever it may be. So, Solo, if you could give us, a, our listeners, a, a snapshot into what the, a typical day in the life of a, a Native student, a young person who's, say, in, in elementary school or high school, what does that education process look like? Uh, you know, what's a school look like? What's a typical school on a, on a tribal nation look like? Uh, is there a adequacy of classrooms? How many kids are in a class? What are some of the challenges? Give us a, paint us a picture, if you will, of what that's, what that's like. Uh, most, most school districts on or near the reservation are public schools. And so the school is just like a nor- normal school. But a lot of kids, they have to ride the bus because they live out of town or communities are so small that we don't have our own schools in our own communities. And so a lot of times they have to get on the bus. And again, I think of 
some of the other reservations like the Navajo and like some of the, you know, the Sioux and the Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota, in Montana and other places, sometimes they have to get on a bus an hour or hour and a half or maybe even two hours early before the school starts just to make it to school on time. And so the kids have to wake up really early. You know, some of them probably don't get a chance to eat before they go to school. So those already are kind of red flags to me. You know, if you don't get appropriate amount of sleep, if you don't get food to eat before you go to school, you know, you can't really function and you can't really think straight if you're not getting to sleep, if you're not eating right. But then you go to the classroom and, you know, we've come a long ways as far as learning, as long as the language and everything else is concerned. I think we've come a long ways, but we still have a long ways to go, especially now with a lot of reservations and a lot of Native communities losing a lot of their language and a lot of their culture and their ways. Most of the school districts where I'm familiar with, like here in Idaho and the Nez Perce Indian Reservation, a lot of the schools that have native enrollment are trying to bring back some of the language and have some language classes in the school, which helps. But, um, you know, we have the students, they're trying to limit the number of students in the classes so they could learn better and the teaching is a little bit easier with smaller numbers. So that helps. But the other thing on reservations a lot of times is the relationship and connection that the teachers that they bring in with the community or with native students. So those are some, I guess, some other barriers and some other things that we have to deal with is cultural sensitivity of teachers not understanding why students do certain things because they don't know the culture. They don't know the ceremonies, the language and other things that happen in native communities. So those are some barriers and some things that I think the Nez Perce tribe and a school district here in Lapway that we work on those kinds of things. But it's, you know, especially right now, the, the turnover rate for teachers is really high. It's hard to find teachers. It's hard to find bus drivers. And uh, the other bad thing about since the pandemic, it's hard to get students back to school. Being off for so long, you know, attendance is down. Students got used to staying home and and not going to school. So it presented a, a pretty big dilemma for the school districts with attendance, but also just with their kids losing interest, falling further behind, not thinking they could succeed, not thinking they could make it. So those things have really presented a, um, a problem and a challenge for a lot of schools. As a proponent for education solo it's one thing to come up with the curriculum you mentioned it and kind of hit on it too is on the teacher side is that related to the culture and the traditions and try to keep hold of that and and reinforce that as you do teach some of the normal subjects and get people as educated as you can for for like a teach the teacher kind of situation is that number one something that that maybe you're thinking about or working on a curriculum for that to like add to the teachers that you do find And then the other question was, as you're kind of a leader in this, when it comes to advocating and and spearheading on the education side, do you think of or maybe share with other nations as a best practice? Like, hey, here's what we're doing. Maybe you should try this. Yeah, for sure. I don't don't work for the school district. I work for the Nespers tribe as education specialist. So I'm not in a school district 
or I'm not in the school every day. It's some of the projects and programs that we develop and that we share with the school districts that allow us to, I guess, get into the school. But we do provide um, cultural sensitivity training and some of the programs and activities that we do develop we're always including the history and culture of the nest purse into the curriculum so the students and the staff have a better understanding and idea of what we're talking about. But one of the misperceptions that a lot of people have is is just because you're native or just because you're a member of the nest purse nation that you know your history and you know your culture. And that isn't that isn't always true. You know, we have a lot of children a lot of youth, a lot of young men and women, and even elders that weren't raised culturally or traditionally. So they didn't, they don't go hunting. They don't go fishing. They don't go gathering. They don't go to the mountains or to the rivers, or they don't go sweat, which is one of our ceremonies. So there's a lot of tribally enrolled members on reservations and in communities that don't understand their own identity. And I think that's something that we've lost over the years and specifically with this new generation is identity. And as a presenter and as an educator, identity is one of the things I've been asked to present on the most as I travel and as I, well, the last few years, it's mostly been Zoom meetings or Zoom conferences or whatever it may be. But, you know, those things are are real and those are things that we have to address is identity because, you know, in a lot of Native communities, we have a lot of issues and a lot of challenges even before they go to school and while they're going to school and while they're growing up. You know, drugs and alcohol are, are a big problem, teen pregnancy, domestic violence, unemployment, single-headed household. So we have a lot of challenges that, that our kids have to overcome as they're growing up as they're trying to be students and as they're trying to be athletes. And a lot of times it's trying to understand and come together and collaborate with the school district, with the different tribal programs, with the Indian Health Service, and trying to collaborate and coordinate all of all the programs and all the services that are available for these children so they don't fall through the cracks and so we could do the most that we can to help them succeed. Well, Solo, you're certainly leading in that work, and uh, I admire and respect you so much for just the work that I've observed that you are are doing every day uh, in in those communities. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention November is National Native American Heritage Month. What messages can we take forward about Native heritage for those who are non-Native that they should be most aware of and, and be most cognizant of about the history and the culture of, of Native communities. I know there are obviously issues around the miseducation of Native children over historically. And as we go back and look at those things, what can you add or what can you tell our listeners with regard to just the importance of Native heritage? You've talked about it a little bit, but can you expand on that some? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Native American Heritage Month is really important for for Native communities and for tribes and individual nations to educate people about who they are. As many of you know on here, there are 574 federally recognized Indian tribes in the United States. 574. 
And a lot of times, you know, what we do in education and, and what the United States of America has done is generalize all those Indian nations and they consider them being the same and we're not the same. We have our own languages. We have our own songs. We have our own cultures. We have our own ceremonies. We have our own resources. So really, we're all different. And according to the, the Constitution, we're a nation within a nation. You know, the treaties are the supreme law of the land, it says in the Constitution. But we're really not treated like that. As I mentioned at the very beginning with the, the lack of resources that are available on the reservations when it comes to technology, when it comes to electricity, when it comes to running water, and those things I think we take for granted. You know, some of those communities and some of those households on reservations, they're third world cultures. But um, I think it's important when, when school districts or companies or agencies or whoever it may be wants to celebrate or wants to do something for Native American Month is to bring in a Native American from that region or from that area to share the history and culture of those people of that area. Because I'm, I'm Nespers. I'm from Idaho. And so I could speak on behalf of the Nespers here in the Northwest and here on or near our reservation. And, you know, if I were asked to present at somewhere else, I could speak at other places, but I'm not going to be the right. the, pers- the 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 pers- subject matter expert really that's right I <laughs> want that the, tribe operates yeah mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the right resource or the representative for that area and I think those things are really important to understand that because you know there's eastern tribes there's central tribes you know there's Alaska there's Canada there's the Northwest there's the Southern tribes and they all have their their own cultures and their own ways and I think it's important for those tribes and for those nations to educate people about who they are. You know, for a long time, we've allowed the United States government to tell people who we are and what the history was, but we're still here. And more and more of our people are be, are getting educated, and we should be the ones telling our history and our culture, not somebody else. That's such an important point, and uh, just on the sort of the sort of the feel and the subject of education it's one thing to educate the people within the tribe and that's certainly your main focus but i I love what you said especially and maybe that's one of the big takeaways for heritage month is to be able to give those individual voices to those very individual and unique nations because they do you're right so it does sort of you know from the public facing perspective you know everybody sort of gets lumped into one category when really they couldn't be more different yeah that's right Again, there are 574 federally recognized tribes in the United States. And And as I understand it, Solo, there's another 200 or more non-federally recognized tribes that are also part of that equation. Am I correct there? That's right. That's right. You know, um, last week I had the opportunity to, to be a guest speaker for the Spokane Public Schools in Washington State. And, you know, it's a, it's an urban city. And they have over 300 tribes represented in their school district. Wow. And they have five, five high schools, which are different sizes, 12 junior highs and multiple elementary schools. And they serve over 30,000 students. 
Wow. And that blew me away to to hear those statistics, over 300 tribes represented in that area. And that's only two hours from me. And so I was really blown away, but I was so grateful for the opportunity to, to go there, to share, to be able to speak, be able to present. But also last year during the pandemic, I was a keynote speaker for Canada for their education conference when we had to do it Zoom. But again, it was like um, what was asked earlier, if if I share the knowledge and information that I have, and the answer is yes, I do try to share it as much as I can. Prior to the pandemic and, and other things, I did travel quite a bit. And there are some really good Native education conferences that I think um, all the listeners or all the Native tribes should try to participate in or attend if they can. And the first one is the American Indian Science and Engineering Society Conference. It's ACES. And this next year in 2023, it'll be in Spokane, Washington. But that's an awesome conference to attend. The National Indian Education Association Conference. I'm not sure where that will be, but that's another big National Indian Education Conference. The other one is SACNES the Society for the Advancements of Chicanos and Native Americans in Science. So there's a lot of big national conferences that I would recommend for those tribes and for educators to attend to listen to the research, listen to the keynote speakers and find out where we are and what we are doing and what we could do for the future generations that that are going to come after us. Well, thank you so much, Solo. We're going to have to wrap up here. Solo, if people want to get more information about some of your efforts and some of the things that you've been working on, of course, we'll have links up at WGNRadio.com and, of course, the Preparedness Matters site as well. But for more information, where can they go? Well, they could look on the, the Nest Purse Tribe website, but also um, you could contact me individually. is probably the best way. My email is soloG at nestpurse.org so that's solo g at n-e-z-p-e-r-c-e dot org you could call me directly at 208-621-3749 and if you're if you're really interested or need to get a hold of me right away my cell number is 208-305-3273 but before before i end there's a couple of things that I want to share really quick, and it's from from a lot of the leaders that that were before us. You know, Chief Joseph is one of the the most well known chiefs in the history of the United States, and he was Nest Purse. One of the things that he he shared is, "I wish my children would learn more and more every day." Chief Sittenbull once said, "Let us put our minds and hearts together to see what we could think of for our children." Black Elk, a great Sioux philosopher, once said, let's put our minds and our hearts together to see what great things we could come up with for our children. So a lot of our leaders, a lot of our Native leaders, they were all about education. And as many of you know on here, you know, the wars and the fights that we're going to face today, they're not going to be faced with guns or bone arrows or anything like that. A lot of the wars that we're going to face today are going to be in the courts. And so we need people to get educated. We need people to go into those STEM fields 
so we take better care of the land, of the resources that we do have. But those things, if our leaders could look into the future and say those kinds of things, for us today to live in that manner, why can't we say those same things today for the next generations that are going to come after us? Well, thank you, Solo. Yeah, I mean, to have... The, the quotes and thoughts from those native legends and inspiring you. And of course you're carrying that torch forward as well. And so, you know, we can't thank you enough for all that you're doing out there in the world and to raise awareness and to educate and for the sake of education. And of course, thanks for jumping on the show today. Yes, for sure. Again, it's been an honor and privilege for me to be a part of this and any opportunity I get, I want to share because one of the things my dad shared with me long time ago, and he's no longer with us, is he said, son, he said, that knowledge and that wisdom and that experience that was given to you, it wasn't given to you to keep for yourself. It was given to you to pass on to the next generations that will follow after you. What you don't share, it's going to die with you. And we can't allow that to happen. Thank you, Solo. appreciate you very much, my friend. Preparedness Matters is sponsored by In Case of Crisis 365, your solution to managing the dramatic rise in business disruptions. Take the crisis out of crisis management. 